You're listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the eighth episode, we sit down with Ricky Roberts III talking about his latest book, Thank You Skateboarding and Life. Let's do this. What's up, Ricky? How you doing, dude? What's up, Tommy, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm, I'm excited. Hell yeah. So how's everything going with you? How's uh, everything in St. Pete? Good. Everything is great. Had a fun session this morning before the rain came. And uh, yeah, everything everything's going great. It's a little hot right now, It's as, as you probably know. But um, it's manageable. Yeah, it's definitely hot, man. I, I barely even go outside. Most of the time I stay in the air conditioner. <laughs> Dude, I got a whole thing I have to do to be able to skate in the heat. It's like I have uh, like I have a cloth sometimes that I'll put inside of, of a bag with ice water inside of like inside of my cooler. So then when I'm sitting down getting a drink or whatever, I'll put that on my head like a cold, wet ice kind of towel. Feels uh-huh. great. Damn. So does it work? Does it help out or what? Yeah, man. Brings my body temperature down a little bit. I mean, it's just anything to get a little extra, <laughs> a little extra time out there, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's definitely, I'm not used to the heat anymore, man. You know, I'm not used to this Florida weather, you know, it gets to me after a while. I'm like, dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it does. It does it for sure. Definitely. Well, let's get into it, man. So uh, tell us a little about your background, a little about you. Um, Well, I grew up in St. Pete and uh, started skateboarding in 1988. So I've been skating over three years now, or 30, not over three, 30. And, um, you know, skateboarding came in my life at a perfect time. I I grew up in a pretty abusive and dysfunctional household there's a lot of violence and a lot of drugs and at that point like shortly after i skated my dad had left i didn't see and talk to him for a long time skateboarding just was, became my outlet my savior man i just just poured all my aggression and frustration and hurt you know bitterness into it and uh you know, and then other than that, I, I did get like pretty rebellious and violent, fought a lot and uh, just kind of giving you like an overall view of just where just my journey so far. And then you can I'll do a short version and you can ask whatever you want. But eventually, I, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up stabbed in a street fight at age uh, 17. I, I got stabbed nine times and. That was at a point where I was super angry. Just like any chance I got, if I wasn't skating, I was welcoming the opportunity to fight. Pretty much, that was just the two sides of of my life, you know. And then um, when that happened, the stabbing happened. I just I was in the hospital, reflecting. I was in there for about a, a little over a week, and um, in that time, I started writing, just like journaling all the time. And shortly after that, I ended up writing my first book and uh, like my next one and just several books after that. And then recently, 
six months ago, which I know you know because you got a copy. I, I released my my eighth book, which is Thank You Skateboarding, and that was just over the years people asked me if i was going to write a book about skateboarding because they knew how important it was to me over the course of my life and um i i, I always knew that i would i just didn't know when and then like over a little over two years ago it was when the new park opened in st pete and it just like the as years passed i wasn't skating as consistently as i once was or as frequently you know just go in phases where i might not skate for a couple weeks yeah day or not skate for a couple months then like get into like oh let's have a session every wednesday but when that park opened it was like wanting to recommit to like just skating multiple days a week and getting some old tricks back and going on that journey and then uh in that same time i was just like that was the perfect time to be writing a tribute to skateboarding and all the ways that's impacted my life over the years and um that just kind of worked perfectly in in the time of all and i got inspired to to write that book and um that's where i've i've really been focusing on connecting people and and connecting people with that book and sharing it as much as i can in the last few months and the response has been great super stoked and humble just oh, yeah. to put it into words you know what uh -huh. i think so many of us think and feel about skateboarding um so that's that's my that's my short version, man. Without me, <laughs> I, lo I love the short version, dude. That's good, but 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 the whole, let's go back a little bit. So sure. you grew up in St. Pete. What was the skate scene like in St. Pete at that time, dude? It's I was thinking about this earlier. Um, how many uh, like phases? I've had the privilege of watching skateboard go through and since 88, you know, and like at that time there was like nothing. There wasn't even a skate scene really, you know, like barely we, we may have some kicker rant. Like we would set plywood up behind any grocery store that we could find something to set a piece of wood on, like on to make some sort of ramp or, um, just a lot of street skating bonelesses and power slides and, you know, just like manuals down the street and it just kept evolving. We, you know, we, um, eventually there were a few like DIY spots that stuck around for a while. And then, um, so like a skate shop got a set up and behind their shop that was really round. There was an indoor park open, just started to grow, you know, and then, um, the street skating got super heavy for a while. It was a, a lot of fun. Downtown St. Pete was pretty much our skate park for, for years. There were, like, Sundays, only one business was open, all of downtown St. Pete. Are you serious? A little mark. Yeah, dude, we could skate everywhere. And it was – but a lot of buildings were closed down. The Vinoy, that really fancy hotel downtown St. Pete, was abandoned. All the – like – run down and uh just it was a different scene and um eventually they started putting money into the area and like building it back wanting to revive it and build back up and uh eventually they outlawed skateboarding completely down there and uh just became kind of a lot harder for for skateboarding because they were giving tickets and stuff but uh it's been a it's been a really 
cool thing to watch it all go through different phases. And then we started getting parks around here. Eventually the spot opened, uh, which changed the game a, a lot for skateboarding, yeah. as you know. Um, not just skateboarding he, around here, but obviously around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think that. I mean, you know, how Schaefer, you know, did the – were you around? Were you around the time when they first started skate, uh, skate Park of Tampa? Yeah, or? yeah. Fortunately, you know, I was kind of a little grom, but the, the people that I had the, the opportunity to skate with knew – Schaefer and all those guys, um, good. And they, you know, we were able to get in on a lot of sessions before they even opened, just when they were, I mean, there were a lot of guys living in the warehouse, just full on like skate, big skate house is what it was. Seemed like for a while. And um, they just started building. And eventually, I think the first thing I remember, there was just a little bit of street stuff, but the vert ramp in the back and I would watch, Paul Zitzer and Mike Frazier and a few other guys, Schaefer too, just those guys would destroy that ramp. And, you know, at that point I was probably like 14, just sitting there watching these legends do so much on that ramp. And then, you know, the, the street course got built, I think after, I don't know if it was after, I think it was pretty much after. And then that opened up eventually and uh, a lot of amazing, amazing sessions went down there. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I mean that they. I mean, Schaefer done it a lot with. You know, if it wasn't for my opinion, my opinion is if it wasn't for skate park of Tampa. I mean, I don't know if there would be a, a, a skate scene in Tampa Bay area. You know, I mean, it probably would have been, but not as strong as it is now. You know. Yeah, it helped bring a lot of people here and put a lot of the local shredders, uh, you know, uh, on the map, if you will, give them the the opportunity to showcase their talents because there are so many talented skateboarders around here. And and you know, and in uh, in fairness too, it's it's been such a team of people and that whole program there. You know, Papers obviously like was spearheading at the beginning, but. I know there's just been so many other people along the way that has, yeah. you know, been a part of, of making that whole thing happen. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Clemens, there's yeah, George, the names go, name the list of names go on for on and on, you know? Yeah, man. It definitely is. And then what was your crew? Who's your crew were you skated with back then? When you were like um, 13, it, 12, 14. Yeah. 1312 is uh, a lot with my friend uh, Jed Davis and Wes Pickard, Colin Chico, um, Sean Murphy. He Sean Murphy wrote the life skateboards. Um, that was that deal with Ron Allen and uh, yeah, who else was involved in that. And then, you know, eventually I think I got a little more accepted with Bo Turner and Scott Conklin and Lance and those guys. I started skating with them. Uh, a lot more as I started to get better and get, you know, just get to where they were, they were wanting me around, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just what, what was it like? What was it? What was it like skating with Bo Turner? Yeah. You know, uh, Bo was always really nice to me, man. He, he, he was, I think at the beginning, it kind of took me on, under his wing at some point. It was always good before I started to get caught up on, on my own. He was, he was hooking me up with shoes and boards, Scott, those guys. Even 
Um, I, mean, I wasn't in the crew of Montesi, but I would see the Montesi and uh, Jed Stewart and all those guys at uh, Astro skates a lot. And, and John Montesi was always really a kind person too, super humble. At his peak, he was so humble and generous. Uh, just never forget those people that were good to me back then. You know, I remember John giving me a board one time randomly at Astro, just for no reason, giving it to me. Um, which, you know, when you're younger, you remember all that stuff, but then you don't have your product of your own yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely good to have, like, those those people, you know, like Montessi and Bo and yeah. Scott and Lance and all those dudes, like, you know, raise you to who you are now if you yeah. really look at it you know what i mean yeah. like if it wasn't for those dudes or any of those guys you know where would you be you know what yeah. would you be doing yeah. right now i mean you know and they inspired us and you know some other homies uh just not to forget it's hard I, i'll forget a lot of people but like chris stone and the, he kind of this friend of mine real close friend helped bridge the gap with i think he knew scott and those guys first and then we started skating at the same spots all the time and um, but yeah, those guys, you know, because at that time it was before the Tampa scene was even like really coming alive. And then when you would see them start to get coverage in magazines or, you know, getting product and eventually when they turned pro, it was just like, oh man, that's crazy to, to, to think about. Cause that wasn't even, you know, there was no social media or anything then it was yeah. pretty much those guys bring in so much of what they were being influenced with home basically. And then inspiring all of us and kind of keeping the edge of progression going before we were able to see the next video of what might be happening, you know, because yeah. it was, there was so much time in between where you'd see coverage on, on like videos or full parts, but those guys were here showing us so much. Yeah. I mean, and plus too, I mean, we had to wait for like what months or a year for the video to come out, and then you're like, ah, shit, you know, like, yeah, you know, or, or I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, four on ones, we, you know, I was always hyped to see a new four on one because it's always had the, like the newest stuff in it once a month, you know, it's like, oh, the new four on ones out, gotta get it, you know. Yeah, that was that was great when four on one came around. It was uh. You got more of what you wanted to see. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was great with those guys, man. We, you know, we had some wild times and definitely, um, you know, got into some chaos. But uh, it was, uh, it was always, you know, I was, I'm happy that I had the opportunity to to uh, be around those guys. And and, and what was the what's 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 the best what's one of the best memories that you have? Um, in your skateboard life at that time? What was the one thing that sticks out to you? Um, ooh, that's hard. That's a good question right there. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I just got a flood of memories of, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to think a lot of flashes of, uh, that came to mind right away was just driving to the spots with everyone, the hype, you know, like listening to music and just everyone's so excited and pumped just to skate and be around each other you know that was that was always the the prime um but yeah i don't even 
there were so many of them. Really, it was like, I mean, at some point in any day, the session got hyped enough to really be excited. So it's trying to think of just one. Um, it's tough, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's, I'll put it this way. What sticks to your mind the most? Right, you know, right now, something that sticks to my mind the most is it's like being downtown St. Pete and skating. And I, I think it was Scott Conklin came up and we're like, oh, what's up, blah, 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 talking. And they were going to change out Scott's board or something like that because he had cr cracked his tail and they were filming. It was Lance Scott and Bo. I'm not sure who else. And um, it might have been this guy, Ori, that he – he was a legendary uh, filmer, him and Josh Stewart around here, Josh and Tampa legend, uh, Ori over like this side of the Bay. Um, but he, he was, I think he was with him too. But anyways, he comes up like, Oh, I'm going to go switch out a board. But before he left, Scott Ollie's over this thing. That was, I feel like it was over waist high, like a stopper in a parking lot. Like one of those big yellow things. Oh, with a broken tail like i'm not talking i'm not just like saying a cracked tail a broken tail like full-on flex and everything and i just that memory always stood out to me because it was so mind-blowing um at that time you're just like dude you just ollie this with a broken tail this is one of those things that always sticks out to me yeah that's crazy i mean it's crazy to think like you know like people don't you know know like you know, people know about Florida and skaters in Florida, but what people don't realize is a lot of skaters that come out of Florida, even at that time, a lot yeah. of skaters came out of Florida, you know? I mean, even uh, you were down south, weren't you uh, originally? From I'm, originally I'm originally from uh, North Florida. I'm originally from Pensacola. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we, I mean, the people that came out of Pensacola was like, was like Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Clyde, Scott, wasn't Clyde Dixon or something? Um, or Clyde? Oh, Clyde Singleton. He was from Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had like Scott Stanton who wrote for Zorlac. I mean, there was, um, there was so many people. I mean, you know, Ricky Bienbaum, who's who's a filmer, you know, big time filmer now. You know, he, he came out of Pensacola. So, I mean, there's a lot of people in Florida that came out, you know? Yeah. And what's crazy is you, you think of like, um, and before I go, like Markovich was always a big inspiration, a big just had such a huge impression on on me and so many people in the skateboard world. So much yeah. much respect to him. But like, and I know you can appreciate this as you think about some of the stuff that was captured, whatever some footage. But when I think back on those times, there is very little footage of anything that was happening compared to what was happening in terms of raw, amazing skateboarding. You know, like there's very little footage of it um, just compared to what was going on all the time. No, no, definitely. I mean, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, because. I mean, you got to think, I mean, back then, I mean, I started like, I remember I started skating when like, ah, it was like summer of going into summer of summer of seventh grade, but going into eighth grade. So it was like 80 something. I don't even remember 80. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was sometime in the mid eighties. I know that for sure. But I mean, at that time, I mean, like you said, we didn't have like social media. We didn't have 
computers just started coming out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it was green screen, you know, it wasn't like it is now, you know, I mean, and, you know, we didn't have that stuff. We had dinosaur cameras to film, you know? And Dude, I remember making my, uh, like the, my sponsor me tape or whatever, the, the way we would edit, I don't even know how. Off of VCR, stop. right? Like, yeah, but you would play it through the camera, VCR, stop, like record. <laughs> Then you would like chop it to a next trick that you land, and then it was the choppiest, like the uh, uh, least quality yeah. footage that you could come up with. But it worked, man. It was, yeah. Or uh, and, and then it was the camera for at least for us, the access to cameras were was very limited. I mean, with, for that tape, I remember we got a friend of mine. Uh, got his uncle or his cousin or someone older in the family to let him use this camcorder that he just bought. So oh. we were like, we had very strict guidelines on how long we could use it. And it was just this thing that, you know, we're kids, we're using this expen expensive piece of equipment that we've never seen before. Um, it's just funny, man. I mean, yeah, it is crazy how you think like, how cameras got from you know from the dinosaur age to now you know what i mean to vx to to now you can film off your photo camera and stuff and like how you know filmers for skateboarding became like so well made you know making yeah. videos you know just like what you said you know like i remember you know we had to play the tape in the vx and watch it on TV and have a VCR hooked up and hit record. <laughs> and and that's how, that's how we edit. You know what I mean? We didn't yeah, have it. We didn't have Photoshop or, or whatever edit programs are out there. Our edit was the VX and the VCR and the TV. Okay. Let's use that. Let's use that. Let's use that. You know? Yep. Yep. So a lot of work and, uh, yeah, big, big respect to all the filmers out there, man. That's kept skateboarding document that skate, you know, that's documented skateboarding and, and just giving people uh, the opportunity to see some of what goes down and, and, you know, and with skateboarders and the, just the great stuff that happens, you know, I'm so thankful for, for the people that really dedicate their time and energy uh, to cultivate the craft of filming and editing and putting together stuff that we all get to enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hundred percent agree with you on that. And, you know, another thing too is, you know, what kind of music were you listening to back then to hype you up to skateboard? Uh, it was different. You know, it was, uh, on one side it was Tupac and Biggie on the other side it was face to face and bad religion you know, Fugazi and just hardcore stuff, just, you know, those, those two things, um, pretty much gangster rap and hardcore were, was the main thing, just depending who was driving is what, what we were listening to, but I was, I was good on either end every time. I mean, that was, that was the stuff that I would pick, you know, just depending on, on what the mood is and where we were, where we were going to. I mean, I, I do feel like there was a, a lot more, at least for me, hardcore when we were going to go jump down some stuff and 
really, really. Uh, so, so you were, so you, so you throwing, so you were throwing some ride of lightning when you're about to jump down like a big ass crab, <laughs> and then you're about to do some tech stuff. You're like, all right, let's put some Tupac in and get. Yeah, riding. man, just kind of set the mode and chill. Go skate some curves. Now nah, the ledges. Nah, it would, it would, it would vary. It, it just, you know, like I really kind of depends who was driving. But uh, I always had a great time at punk rock shows, and um, you know. So those those were my main two music influences back then that hyped me up. Yeah, and and was was the music scene in St. Pete pretty big as as skateboarding was growing, or was it kind of like died down a little bit? No, I, I I'm really that's one thing I'm I'm thankful for the music scene uh, that we had when I was in in high school. I think I went to my first concert in middle school. It was like Gang Green or something, super hardcore. Um, but at Janice Landing in downtown St. Pete, they, you know, there were so many good bands that came through there and good groups. Uh, like, I mean, Beastie Boys went through there a few times, all, all types of bands. And then there was a smaller club in front of that that was called Channel Zero at the time. And they had a lot of bands before they kind of made their breakout, you know, like um, Mighty Mighty Ballstones and. I saw Green Day there, and this is like a little club, uh, all types of good music. And there were a lot of local uh, musicians that were doing really well and keeping crowds hyped and having a good time. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm thankful for the music scene in St. Pete. Yeah, that. yeah that's, that's pretty cool. It's, just, it's the same in Pensacola. Like a lot of people don't don't understand. Like there was a lot. Like Pensacola is, is like kind of like a small version of St. Pete, but it's kind of like how St. Pete is back in those days where it's like people wouldn't expect Pensacola to have a, a huge skateboard scene or not skateboard scene, but they did, but they had, but music scene was huge. I mean, like you said, okay. you know, we, had a small, we had a small little like venue bar that would have like Green Day would come through there. No effects would come through there. L7 would come through there. Um, you name it. Like people who were just coming up or bigger bands would come through there, you know? Yeah, so I love like it's it's just rad, man, being in that time, that era, and I, I'm I'm almost thinking they probably like were just touring, you know, they'd go to Pensacola, probably Gainesville, then down to St. Pete, maybe down to Miami, um, and then they're, and then they're out of Florida, like wow, we're out of here. So, yeah, <laughs> Orlando probably. Yeah, it's it's. Cool. it's it's crazy to think that. That's why I was, I was I was I was stoked when you said like you know because I, I mean you know I, living out here and and knowing St. Pete as much as I know, just seeing like coming from you like what it was like back then. You know what I mean? Like what was the scene like out here? You know, it's like it's pretty cool to to see to, a similarity to Pensacola. Like it was just like the same similar similarity to what it was like. You know. I could imagine it's like there in St. Pete was rugged, man. There were definitely people that were, you know, living in Tarpon Springs or other surrounding areas that parents would not want them to come to St. Pete. It's like St. Pete was that area where people like don't go to St. Pete. Just a lot of bad happens there. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it was a it was a dying city back then. It was run down. Um, but you know, there are a lot of people 
did a lot of good work over the years to slowly bring it back and um it's certainly thriving now sure yeah and so okay so we'll get into your you know a little bit of your your present so you kind of moved out of st pete what did you do um no i i I've, i'm still in st pete i stayed in st okay. pete the whole time i um you know when i when i got out of the hospital and started to write the books it like that you know my first book came out I was around 25 but at that time i i was going through a lot of growing and uh had to separate myself from a lot of you know people i was around at the time and, and just try to figure out what i needed to change about my life and because you know when when you're laying in the hospital bed and feel like you're almost dying and like get that close you i just really started to assess my life and realize like my mindset was really kind of off and taking me in the wrong direction so i for a while i felt like i moved away and stayed in the same city at the same time just to like do my thing and figure stuff out but um i moved up to jacksonville for a little while uh, to just to, to uh, be with my wife before we got married but other than that i've, I've been in st Pete my whole life okay okay so i thought you like moved away like to new york or something to, to do more of your book or or whatever uh, you know? no man i uh it's just kind of one of those things that the Berg's my home and it, like anytime I, even when I was in Jacksonville was, I loved it up there because I surf and I had the opportunity to surf a lot up there and my wife and I had a you know we had a we had, it was a good thing up there but um, we're both from St. Pete and it's just one of those things that St. Pete kind of brought you back yeah I kept calling us back man it, it was just like you know you come home and you're like oh shit dude I, I need to stay here <laughs> yeah, and now we have one of the best best skate parks, in my opinion, in the country. So I'm super excited to to be here. Um, that that skate park team painted a phenomenal job on the St. Pete skate park. Yeah, that park's pretty fun. I'm, I, me and Mark have skated a couple of times. It's pretty fun. Yeah, definitely is. And and so you so so you laid so you got you were in the hospital and. And you started writing books. So what was the first book you actually wrote about? Uh, the first book was You. And that was, um, at the time, I was, at, you know, in the, I was actually in the car business. And I started to do pretty, pretty good financially for, you know, my, my idea of, of good, you know, and um, coming up super poor. It was like... I started to have this opportunity to make money and I went for it, you know, and then um, I was writing that where I realized so many things that I accomplished at my, at my life at that point, you know, with like going to school and, and doing different things, like growing up in the circumstances and situations that I did, what statistics would say that would be like versus what at that point my life was, I was uh, reflecting on, the ways that it changed my mind and like my like thoughts and feelings about myself to get to to where I was in, in that stage of my life. So it was like this reflection on the importance of believing in yourself and overcoming adversities and what that kind of looks like. And it was just this thing that I was journaling and ended up turning into a, a book of things that I wish people told me more of when I was younger that 
they didn't. I didn't have positive uh, like parental figures in my life or people in my family that were encouraged me or you know doing positive things for me. It was uh, a lot of things I had to just figure out on my own. So that's what that book was for, uh, just to like give other people what I was giving myself and had to get myself to, to kind of rise above some of the challenges and circumstances. And um, yeah, and then it just went from there, man. The second book was What Really Matters. And it was at that point, I was around 27, 28, and I started to do even better financially. I was buying this dealership from this guy that I ended up partnering with after being with him for around eight years at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it was this thing where I always thought, okay, if I just had this amount of money or bought this house or had these investments, all these different things would make me happy. And then I started to acquire them and realize, wait a second, I'm not even like, I don't even care about this. I'm not happy. It doesn't matter. So I had a few friends die. One guy got murdered. Another dude OD'd. And uh, someone died in a car wreck or a motorcycle wreck. All this stuff happened all at once. And then there was this multimillionaire that I knew that died randomly. And so I started questioning, like, all right, like, what does all this mean? Like what it really matters and all of like the myths, the grand scheme of this whole crazy life. And uh, I wrote that book and that's after that I wrote, I left the car lot and like dissolved everything I had, lost a bunch of money to walk away and just recommitted to what really matters to me and like what I'm passionate about, what I care about. And it's pretty much dedicated, went full throttle on the books and like doing talks and things like that and just haven't turned back since. I mean, that's, that's, that's I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know what I mean? To, to put your life into a book, you know, I mean, that's, 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 that's a lot of hard work. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. It's been, it's been a journey, bro. It's been a, it's been a really, you know, I feel like Thank You Skateboarding was the first one that I wrote that I wasn't really like writing about a lot of deep healing stuff and kind of going through stuff in, in my own way, you know, along the way. So some of my books are pretty, like my sixth one, that's Healing the Wounded Child Within, and that one's super vulnerable. And like, I get pretty deep on some childhood stuff and some things that I experienced that I had to that wounded me basically like it yeah, yeah. Me up, man like it put some wounds there that i had to i kind of pacified for a long time and i did what i could to avoid dealing with them and um wore a lot of false fronts to pretend like i was okay and eventually had to address them and um what i call heal you know heal, heal the wounded child so that that stuff was pretty deep um but yeah, that's definitely pretty good. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I don't know if I can, I mean, I, I, I mean, if I try to write a book, I mean, it'd be the hardest thing for me to do because it's like, you know, to have all your thoughts and everything going in your mind to write something or, or put it down on a paper. All of a sudden you read it. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to throw it away. Did you have a lot of those moments and times that you were trying to write things yeah. down? Yeah. If I showed you like my, my stacks of stuff before a book becomes a book, like the process. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild, but it, it, at the same time, 
it's like filming a trick you want to get in skateboarding. At some point, if you've been battling it for a long time and you get it, sometimes you just have to let it be and walk away and be happy with it. You know, it's like to, to step out of the madness for a bit. And sometimes you just keep going and keep going because you want that perfect one. Uh, with books, in the editing process, I always get to a point where I'm like, you know what, this is my last round. I'm sure there might be some stuff in there that, that I could say better. There could be some mistakes somewhere in there. And I'll talk with my editors because I have editors, you know, and uh, well, one editor now. Uh, but it gets that point where I have to just let it go. And once it is released, I just let it be what it is and be okay with that and move on to the, the next one, you know, because I could, dude, I could talk myself out of it. I could talk myself out of it instantly and never even release a book, honestly, because there's always something I find that is not like the way I want it, you know? So. Yeah. Do you feel like you're, you're your own critic, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always been a pretty harsh critic on myself, man, honestly. It's, it's something that, you know, my, my wife will keep me in check, and I, have, I really work on myself talk a lot because I can – I can uh, get pretty hard on myself, and you know, I, I try to be careful on that and watch watch it and not be too critical. And my wife will remind me to be nice to her husband, so I try to do that. <laughs> she, put, she brings out the whip and say, "All right, there, you, you need yeah, to chill." Like, you know, I got that from her. She, I'll say it to some of my friends if they're being hard on themselves. Don't don't talk to my friend like that, man. That's not cool. So she'll say that to me. She kind of taught me that. She said, "Don't talk. Don't don't be mean to my husband like that." Like, All right. Sounds like, sounds like a good woman, dude. Sounds like yeah. a good woman. She's great, man. She's how, how'd you guys meet? If I if I ask. Oh, so we we met when we were younger. When she was younger, she's uh, eight years younger than I am. Uh, so we met, and it was at that time frame where she was like too young. I was in my twenties. She might have been like nineteen, and I was probably like twenty five or six. I don't know what that is. Twenty seven, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But we hung out once or twice. Went to a Beastie Boys concert. And then did we just like we both stopped texting each other? Maybe I text her a few more times and she didn't respond to me, something like that. I'm not sure, but um, we ended up years later. I like somehow saw something of her on social, like on Facebook, that like I didn't even know we were friends. Somehow we'd become friends over the years, and then we ended up kind of catching up eventually stayed in touch for a while and then she surfed so i was going up to jacksonville to surf with her and that was it it was pretty That's much awesome. yeah like we just reconnected and and then um as we started to get serious we we kind of sat down like a business meeting and put everything out on the table because we were both older at that point wait, wait, hold, hold on hold on hold on you said a business meeting like you actually like we well, got like or you were in a suit and she came in in like a dress. Not a suit, but I'm we had an And no, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 no, so, so we just like we were both old, like older and we just sat down with like we're really 100% real with what our like uh, non negotiables were, what we'd flex on, what we wouldn't just were totally real about what we were wanting out of life, where we were going, what we want out of a partner. And 
um, just took our emotions out of it because it's easy to get caught up in the emotions of things, you know, and, and we were just wanted to be real with where we at and like real life stuff, you know, two years, three years down the road, where, where we at in terms of our, our compatibility. Yeah, man, everything was lined up and um, we haven't turned back since. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's pretty cool that like, you know, you guys met like when, you know, eight years apart or what, eight years apart or whatever, which is 19 year, whatever, 25 or whatever, and then hung out, went to a concert and then stopped talking and then met up again. And, you know, that's pretty awesome, dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we both had to, we were talking about it the other night. Is uh, I was like, you know, if we stayed together back then, I probably would have ruined it or done something or whatever. I don't think we just had to, we had to do our own work and each kind of walk our own path for a while to, to, to uh, be ready to, to come back together. You know? Yeah, and do you, and, and she is she a lot of is she like. Well, inspires you a lot to for your books or does she like motivates you more to write more books or anything like that or yeah she's she's always super encouraging you know um because it's a you know it can be a discouraging path and uh a lot of sometimes you know writers you know we i i can kind of get in my own headspace and um you know, when I'm working on a book, I get into certain modes that I have to like stay on it, you know, and um, she's always super supportive, encouraging and just how she lives her life. She's an artist. She has her like uh, own tattoo studio and, and does like commission work and stuff. So the way she does her deal and does her thing, she inspires me just by being who she is, you know, whether she was my wife or not. She's just a a rad person so that's that's always always good um just in general like i said for just how she does her thing and lives her life she's inspiring so that's awesome it's also had a partner to, to who, who's also motivates and inspires you to do what you want to do you know yeah yeah definitely and then so you, you said you had like this is your Thank you, skateboarding is your sixth book or eighth book or something. Eighth book, eighth book. Man, so you wrote eight books. How, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's not crazy, but that's just like that's yeah, a lot. Of, that's a lot of writing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very now. There's short books that, as you know, you have thank you skateboarding. It's I write books like I like to read. I like short books. My attention gets very scattered, you know. So I, I sort of write like that, and, and and not in terms of scattered, but like in like to make it quick and keep the attention going but um yeah when i wrote my first book i had no clue what i was doing i just knew i was getting this stuff off my chest and halfway through i realized i was writing a book um and then after that got published after my second one got published at that point i was with a publisher i'm now independent because that's a long story what they were going out of business after my fifth book and i like I was, they were closing and if they would have closed and I didn't get my rights back, my first five books would have been history. Like I wouldn't have been able to release them again or anything like that. So I got my rights back and re-released those independently. And since then I've just chosen to stay indie and like just 
do my thing and hold all my rights and and kind of like keep keep it that way for now um but anyway after the second one the publisher at the time was like you know everyone has one book in them everyone's like should just write at least one uh two books you know that's 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 pretty serious but your third book you this like you're a writer you know this is what you're doing um and that's kind of just yeah it's one then lean to another i i never really sit out thinking what is my next book going to be? It just, I write every day, pretty much three pages a day just to get things off my chest and to think about things, reflect on stuff. Um, and that's what allows me to like open up the pages of inspiration for what I might be, what may turn into the next book. Yeah. And and question I'll ask you is, uh, is it better to have a, for for a future writer or, you know, that wants to write a book, is it better to have a publisher or be an independent? Well, when I first started, you know, the first book was like over 14 years ago. It was 2004. So, yeah. Um, At that point, there were a lot of gatekeepers and you couldn't really get distribution through Barnes and Nobles, uh, Amazon, I think was around then or just starting. I'm not sure, but you couldn't get the distribution, proper distribution channels to move books or to like, you know, get out there without a publisher. Um, I'm not saying you couldn't do it. It was a lot harder as time went on those gatekeepers i think slowly has uh kind of gone away to where now um you can publish indie or, or self-publish or whatever and, and still get uh your book where they need to be just like you had a traditional publisher um the thing you miss though is if if it's your first time if you can get published, I would probably recommend it just because there's a lot to learn about the industry and, and how the process is. The only way I'm, I feel like I'm able to do what I do now in uh, as an indie author is because I learned the process from the publisher when I was with them. We did five books together. So I just, when I had to do my own thing, I knew who I had to hire. I knew, like, I put myself on the same type of production schedule that they would put me on, like, the in terms of what comes first, what comes next, like, that whole process. So I I learned a lot from them. Um, if I would say, yeah, so if someone was wanting to write a book for the first one or two or whatever, it's, like, it would, would be beneficial to have a publisher to work with and get the help from and get some insight from but not necessary 100%, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, like, I mean, just to, just to like hear you talking about, you know, writing and skateboarding and, you know, your life and everything. I mean, do you feel like the two industries, the skate industry and the book industry is too separate or you think they're the same with all the politics and everything going on? Uh, I think just different, you know, I think in any, in, in any industry, there's going to be politics because there's money and people need to, you know, the certain responsibilities that people have and, you know, there's people involved in every direction. So, um, 
very different though i'd say the the publishing industry is is uh yeah i, I think it's <laughs> I, I mean for me i'm grateful that they've blended like uh, to right now for me to have a book about skateboarding it, i always tell my wife like it's just so amazing how full circle this has come to where skateboarding saved my life and then writing pretty much was the therapy, like my therapeutic thing that I did after the stabbing. Like I needed that therapy. And I, then I, I still skated at that time as well. And I was really just spending, I was skating alone a lot at that point, just cause I, it was hard for me to be around people as I was processing like PTSD and, and everything and working through the anxiety of all that. But um, for it to come full circle now and, be at this phase in my life and more in love with skateboarding than than ever you know it's just the love is just still there like the first day right now and um to have a book that i got inspired to write about skateboarding is really humbling to me and um super you know just super inspiring i'm 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 really stoked on it you know it's uh it's a it's a cool full circle thing in in my mind. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, I love the book. I mean, I read it when I was on the road traveling. You know, when I got it, and so when I was in the hotel with, you know, just chilling out, I just read the book and stuff. So it's definitely you know a really good book. You know, so I mean, people that out there listening and stuff, definitely, there's a book that you have to pick up and read. You know, because it's definitely, you know, bring will bring a lot of memories or things that you have done in your life or whatever, you know, will bring stuff to you, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, and it's a tribute to the many ways skateboarding impacts our life. You know, anyone that skateboards or once did, there's parts of who we are that are directly related to skateboarding. You know, the, the, even us just trying to get this, this podcast going, dude, we took like, 30 plus minutes and I was joking, you know, like if maybe if we weren't skateboarders, we would have given up already, but that's just part of who we are. Like we don't turn away easily from obstacles. And I, and I believe that skateboarding is something that gives that to us, you know, with learning to do anything on a skateboard is hard. And so there's just different levels of appreciation in the book uh, uh, for skateboarding that, you know, the, the many, many different ways that it impacts us. And obviously it's not all encompassing where I've included everything because there's so much to say about it. I could, that's one book, honestly, Tommy, that I had to pull myself away from because I felt like I could just keep writing and writing and writing about skateboarding and um, all the great things about it and the, the people that are a part of it. But at the same time, I, like all my books, I had had to keep it short. Like I yeah. like I so. I mean, we, we, I guess you have to write a part two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, skateboarding. We'll part see, two. We'll <laughs> see. I never know what's next. It's crazy. It's just like you know, like when you're skating, you sometimes like today. I I just I like you're I'm skating next thing you know you're thinking of doing a trick that you weren't even really thinking about just it comes to you in the session and and that's how my books are it's um i don't sit there and outline and try to figure it out it's like tomorrow i could be journaling and next thing you know it's like oh 
and I just get on this little thread of inspiration about a certain topic that I want to expand on and kind of follow it and, and see where it goes. And, and a question is this is, do you think, you know, like you, you know, skateboarding has, you know, help a lot of people, you know, like people that don't you have bad balance, you know, and then all of a sudden they skateboard, they have excellent balance. You know what I mean? The balance is great, you know, because they learn how to stand on the board and do tricks and, you know, flip, you know, and kick flips and land on the board and stuff. And it kind of helps out their balance. Like, for example, like me, I couldn't roller skate. You know what I mean? I, I sucked at roller skating. And then when I started <laughs> skateboarding and I started getting better and then I can, now I can roller skate. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like yeah. it, it helps out a lot you know, with a lot of things, physical things. And, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that it, it mentally, you know, from, you know, from us falling to the ground so many times and just getting up and getting up and yeah. getting up and not, and not stop doing it. It kind of like makes us feel like it's a way of life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is what we've learned. We don't give up in life. We just keep on going and going. Like you said about the podcasting, it took us 30 minutes to do it. If we weren't skateboarders, we were like, ah, screw it. We're done. You know? Yeah, let's reschedule. We'll get back. We'll try tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll try tomorrow. We'll, I'll, I'll reschedule again, you know? But no, it was like, no, we'll do it another way. But, I mean, what I'm trying to get to is is, is where skateboarding has a big, huge influence to the rest of the world, if you really think about it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I was say is because you think about it, the fashion world, they look at skateboarders and 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 copy what we wear. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we could be wearing baggy jeans and and crop t-shirts or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. And all of a sudden, two years later, fashion's jumping on that bandwagon. Wait a second, we already did this shit like two years ago. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely the the ripples of skateboarding reach out you know especially now it's accepted so much more than you know we're kind of skateboarding is skating on the street get stuff thrown at you all kinds of names all the time gotten to so many fights just because people didn't like skateboarders oh, <laughs> like, yeah, or friends that find out friends parents find out you're a skateboarder they don't want you to, they don't want them to hang out with you or whatever you know um, I'm, I'm grateful that people are the mainstream, uh, collective society is starting to, to uh, gain a, a real understanding, uh, about like what skateboarding is and, um, you know, have the appreciation that, that they do. And that's another thing with the book beyond skateboarders vibing with it and appreciating is for, someone's family member who may not get it or understand you know why my spouse or why my boyfriend or son or or nephew or whoever goes and does this thing that they come back all dirty and bloody and like rip their shoes and stuff doing that gives them that understanding of like look there's way way more to this than someone that's just dirty from skating you know, and, and might have some wet clothes. It's, it's there's so much depth there to to what skateboarding is on on so many levels. Yeah, I mean another level too is 
it's, it's racism. You know what I mean? With skateboarding, yeah, we we look at everybody. You know what? No matter what color we are, black, purple, green, you know, we all bleed the same color, red. Yeah. But I mean, but we look at all each other as a unity, female, yeah. male, whatever. We're all one. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, you can push down a board down the street and you're like, oh, cool, this dude skates. But then somebody else is like, oh, that's a black guy skateboarding or that's a girl skateboarder. It's like, no, nah, dude, that's yep. a skateboarder. Yeah, we don't see that. And it's, um, and, and I don't want to say we don't see color because we do. We got to have respect for the, the truth in that, but we don't let those things keep people from being a part of it it doesn't matter you know and and i even have uh that section of the book on community on how the like society in general can learn from the skateboard community how so many people from so many different backgrounds races religion gender um social economic class uh sexual preferences so many different people come in and can come together and do one of the gnarliest, craziest, insane things, skateboard, be dirty, be hot, be frustrated, and all get along and support each other and cheer each other on. And if someone needs something, someone is there to help them get it. it it's just, it's it's unity at its best, man, skateboard. Like some days I'll just sit there at the skate park and just watch that happen. And f like, especially when, you know, with with the the negativity in the world and people's ignorance on treating uh, people of color less than they are, and think that they have some sort of justification that or whatever, um, to to think of how horrible that is, and 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 the fact that black people still need to push and fight as hard as they do to get the acknowledgement, respect, and um, equality that they have always deserved uh when when that's going on and that's getting heavy i'll sit and just watch people at the skate park and know that the, at least the whole world isn't that way because i can see it in front of my eyes every time i'm at the, the skate park of what what love and unity and acceptance really looks like any inequality not to say that there may be some inequality somewhere yeah. in the industry or across the board but in this in the like the roots of it all uh it's it's not tolerated man that's the no. bottom line it back in the day even if there was like this this uh skateboarder that was with us a lot that skated with us all the time his name is phil black guy dude if like even if we're at a concert or something we fought a lot of skinheads because he was with us and they would start to to get on him but like in terms of the skate world skateboarders always had his back and and that wouldn't be tolerated for him to be treated any differently than any one of us were at any skate spot it's, yeah i mean i mean skaters always protect our home you know what i mean yeah, if, you're, if you're a skater and you see some random dude fucking with another skateboarder that we're gonna step up and and protect our skateboarder. You know what I mean? It's, we're yeah. not gonna protect the other dude. No, you're, you're fucking with the skateboarder. That's one of our brothers or our sisters or whatever. Yeah. That you're 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 messing with the wrong people. You know. But to your point, you could show up anywhere in the world, any color, any you know, gender, race, whatever. Like I said, and have your skateboard and um, 
generally speaking, you're you'll you'll be expect accepted at a skate spot or a skate park. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. You know, and, and what's crazy is we have our own language. You know what I mean? Like we all understand each other. So outside the world, they listen to us talk. They won't get it. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, "What are you talking about?" Uh, don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and crazy. it's a spoken language. You know, it's like you show up to a spot or a park. There's a little unspoken things that need to happen for you to to you know be respectful and uh, make sure you're not just jumping into a session and trying to snake people or show them up or or whatever you you kind of approach it with respect and appreciation for where you're going and who's there and uh everything's good always as long as you're cool and respectful then everyone's cool and respectful to you at least that's been my experience oh no no definitely i mean i remember you know when i was growing up you know and learn you know, in the when a skate a skate park or skate anywhere, you never snake anybody. You take turns. You know yeah. what I mean. And I think this generation, they don't know that they just snake you no matter what. They just boom, and you're like, dude, you gotta wait your turn, man. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you, you're gonna get, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get knocked down. Someone's gonna knock you down on the skateboard and run right into you. And you know what? And be like, hey, you should have told me you're on your turn. You know. See, I grew up in that era, and I, I know you can probably appreciate this too. Is like when I was little, like younger, I like I had to kind of wait for. It was the type of scene where that's not going to happen. If I snaked someone or whatever, if it was like a backyard ramp or whatever, I kind of had to wait until they let me skate because there's some hardcore dudes, and then they you know they figured you were cool they'd let you start skating and definitely yep. didn't want to snake them or do anything like that <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like saying you know like who's this kid like what's this kid doing here yeah he's, 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 he's snaking everybody what the hell yeah, dude yeah. you know <laughs> so one last thing before we go is there you know i would love for you to read your favorite paragraph or, or, or page or whatever, and thank you, skateboarding. Something that, that that's very important to you, you know? Um, if, well, I was going to do the thing in the, I have a copy right here, like the community part, but we kind of covered that. So, because that's real important to me, man. Like, I, I you know, I, I just, um, unity and equality, uh, and you know, just the Black Lives Matter movement—all that stuff means so much to me, and it it just weighs super heavy on my heart to see it any different, you know, and see people being killed, you know, because the color of their skin, or mistreated, or or held th things held against them. Um, but we are, you know, I kind of covered what I had in that. Let me try to find, um, so I was so depressed during, I'm reading a section out of outlet and I was just talking about like, just sort of, um, 
like stuff I was going through and, and want me to just start reading it? Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. All right. Um, in addition, it's, it's a couple paragraphs, but it'll like close it out. Okay. In, in addition to the constant fighting and turmoil in the house, my family was poor. There were multiple occasions when our water and electricity were turned off because of the bills not being paid. There were actually there was actually a period of time in high school when the water I used to shower came from a gallon jug behind my house. I would wake up around six thirty a.m. and run to Seven Eleven, run to a Seven Eleven store a couple of blocks from my house to fill the jug with water. After I filled it up, I ran back home to use the water from the jug to take a shower before I went to school. I, I could go on about different challenges I experienced in my childhood, but I think you get the point. I was dealing with a lot as a young person. I was so depressed during that time period that I questioned life, if life was worth living. There were times in high school when my mental health got so bad that I would sit in my bedroom holding the barrel of a pistol in my mouth with my finger trembling on the trigger, squeezing it slightly, tempted to pull it. In those moments, I felt like the way to end my my pain was to take my own life. Special note, if you are ever at a point in your life when you feel like suicide is the answer, it is not. Talk to someone about how you feel. Get assistance if you need it. You don't have to do this alone. And there are people that love and care about you. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's a strength. Even if you don't feel like it, keep moving. Get outside and go skateboarding. Having skateboarding as a healthy outlet during those times and through many other troubling circumstances I've experienced in life helped keep me going for sure. Skateboarding gave me the will and desire to keep living no matter how bad things got. In many ways, skateboarding saved my life. That's awesome. For which I'm, for which I'm forever grateful for. That's that. That's awesome. I mean, that's 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 that's. I don't mean awesome, but that's just like really touching. You know what I mean? That's just like, you know, to, to hear that from you. And, and there's probably other people who listening to who will be listening to this or listening to this are going to be, you know, in that have that same issue or same thing that happened in their lives or going on in their lives. And hearing that from you or, you know, hopefully they'll buy your book and read more of, of your book and stuff like that, you know, that, that inspire them to do something good in their life you know yeah man thank you because there's uh yeah there's a lot of people struggling and i i know a lot of people that even even messages i've got from people about uh relating to that part specifically of the book of how much skateboarding helps with their mental health you know and it's um it's something that's so important so anyone listening that if, if you haven't skated in a while or you're just dealing with something heavy and you're struggling just just remember to 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 lean on the things that help you keep going and, and keep pushing in um you know skateboarding is has always been one of those things for me and for so many other people um it's just you don't always feel like getting out of it especially when you're depressed and down but man i tell you what when you get on get on your skateboard and you just start rolling it's like you just feel the stuff rolling off you as you're as you're as you're rolling, you know. And the more you get into the session or get into wherever you're going, it's uh literally just feel feel that stuff slipping away. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it's 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 what 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 Ricky's saying, dude. Got people. It's it's hundred percent true. You know what I mean? Like skateboarding. You know. You know, I mean, like, for example, you know, like, 
three years, my three years ago, my dad just, you know, passed away and, you know, I got in a deep depression and, you know, and it's just, it's just, you know, I just got away from it. And then, you know, I got like, I think it was like this year, last the beginning of this year, I think it was, I finally got back to my regular self and I was like, you know, I need to get back on my board. And, you know, I didn't skate at that time. I just mostly, you know, nobody knew that I was depressed because I was so good at hiding it. Yeah. You know, when I, when I did the live show, when I did my live show and out front of people and events and stuff, I, I had to put on a smile on my face. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to events. I wanted to do it, but I had to, you know, yeah. I had to, have to do it for myself. But, you know, like this year was like the first year I actually started to get back on my board and start writing and, and get into what I love to do is skateboarding, you know, and, and that's what's great about it. You know, it's skateboarding yeah. does a lot for you mentally, physically, and it's just, you know, hey, I love I love it when the board hits me in the shin and I'm like, I know, I know, she, I know, I know she's mad at me and she haven't been on her for a while. So she's taking her anger out on me by hitting my shin. <laughs> I mean, it might sound kind of weird, but you know, the, after the initial bang of a shinner, sometimes it feels good in a weird yeah. way. It's just like when you're done, you're like, yeah, I skated. Like I feel like I got, I got beat. <laughs> Oh yeah, she just beat me up, dude. Because I haven't, I haven't touched her in a while, man. <laughs> man, you can't neglect it. Well, Ricky, let um, how can the people, the listeners, um, get your book? Where can they buy your book at? Uh, the, I mean, it's available anywhere, like online, any online bookseller, Barnes Noble's, Target, Walmart, Book a Million. Um, you know, it for me, the the best place is Amazon. It's just I feel like I have the best distribution relationship with, with them. And um, that just kind of helps overall with, with Amazon. We just go in Amazon and search. Thank you, skateboarding. And, and it will, it will come up. Uh, and I, you know, I certainly appreciate the, the support and, and checking it out for sure. And uh, you know, before we go, I want to make sure I thank you, Tommy, for, for just everything you do for, just skateboarding and, and true skateboarding man and sharing the content and sharing the life of skateboarders and just all the different aspects that you help uh, bring awareness to skateboarding and also just continue to cultivate that that uh, community vibe of, of skateboarding. Um, so I, I really appreciate you, man, for all that you do. Oh, thank you, man. That means a lot to me, you know, because yeah. I mean, there's so many, you know, been doing this, me and my partner, Carl, we both, both been doing this for 10 years. And, hey, you know, I let people know sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's a struggle. It's life. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's work, bro. It's work. And it, it's like the books. It's they don't, Books don't write themselves. Shows don't put themselves on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the what you do doesn't happen on its own for you and, and carl so uh yeah much much thanks to both of you guys for sure oh, yeah, definitely and what, what we do every day is is you know when we do have those struggle times and those hustle times and we we just look back and like you know what we're doing it for the love that's yeah. all we're doing we're doing it for the love and and the love is skateboarding you know what i mean that's why we're we we do what we do is because of skateboarding you know if it wasn't for skateboarding you wouldn't be a Ricky. I wouldn't be here. Nobody would be here, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. for sure. 
Definitely. And and so I want to let, let listeners know this Sunday we're filming the uh, new live show on E360 TV, 11 a.m. Pacific time. We've got a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Um, like I said, it's going to be this Sunday. Um, it's the live show, season three, episode five on E360 TV. You can download it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon, Fire TV, Chromecast, or you can watch it on True Skateboard Mag Facebook fan page or whatever it is called. And um, Ricky, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Your book's awesome, dude. And, you know, like it, it, it brought a lot of, you know, a lot of memories and thoughts in my head of, you know, of my skateboard life, you know? Love it. I love it. Good times, man. I appreciate being on the show. Thanks for having me. And, and hey, once things clear up, we're going to hit up um, that restaurant, man, and grab, after we get a session in, and we're going to hit up that restaurant. You told yeah. me about yeah, for sure. Once it once it gets open again, man, that that's uh, I look forward to that. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you for so much for being on the show, and um, I'll I'll talk to you soon, and, and we'll get some shredding in. Sounds good, homie. Thank you. No problem, buddy. Later. Peace. Thanks.